Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name is Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, just having a nice coffee from a pour-over and hanging out. How about you? I'm doing well, man. I'm also having a coffee. It is not pour-over. It is an AeroPress. This is early, though, for, for you, man. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, well, ready to rock the podcast. <laughs> yeah uh i'm not a morning person that's why i drink so much coffee i need at least like three cups before i'm you know anywhere close to being ready for life yeah so if if he starts to like take my head off or or goes off the rails guys you know you know why it's early so don't hold it against them just start off if i start screaming about special tests <laughs> On that note, this is a great segue. Um, we're going to do another one of our Physio Network um, discussions. Um, for those of you guys who don't know um, what Physio Network is or the relationship that we have with them, Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide. And they do this through their uh, monthly research reviews, which is what we'll be discussing today. So they put out 12 research reviews per month in both written and audio form. Um, and these articles are selected and praised by industry experts. Um, for example, today we are going to be reviewing one of Teddy Wilsey's reviews. Um, they're clinically relevant and recently published. Uh, they take less than five minutes to read one review, saving you hours of work, which means Will can get up early in the morning and read a ton of them. Um, you get access to a members-only Facebook group as well as the opportunity um, to get CEU points for completing quizzes. And since we have uh, partnered up with them, we are offering um, a seven-day free trial. And you can do that by using the link in the show notes or the link in our bio on Instagram. And that'll get you access uh, seven days free to Physio Network to explore, try it out, see what you like. Um, I'm pretty confident once you, you try it out and you see how awesome it is that you will want to join on. Like it's a great way to, to get your, your research reviews. And it, it solves that problem of staying up to date, um, something that, I've struggled with, will struggle with, and I think a lot of others is like, how do I get relevant research in an easy, digestible way? Um, Physio Network does that. And the best part I think is not only do they give you reviews, but they give you links to the full paper where you can dive in to find more to get all those details. Um, so they have you covered on all ends. All right, William, you ready? I think so. All right, man, let me, uh, let me pull up this review. What do we got? All right. So, like I said, oh, got to zoom in. Um, like I said, today we are going to be doing um, a review by Teddy Wilsey, who was also a guest on the PT Coffee Cast at one point in time. So you guys should check that out. Um, mm -hmm. he, he reviewed an article called, Is It Time to Put Special Tests for Rotator Cuff Related Shoulder Pain Out to Pasture? 
Um, and this was a viewpoint article that was done in the journal of sports medicine. I'm pretty sure. Um, and basically a little bit of background and um, into it was, you know, talking about rotated rotator cuff related diagnoses, they count for over one third of all shoulder pain. Um, however, the methods by which us, the clinicians arrive at these diagnoses may be dubious. Um, many systematic reviews have shown shoulder tests offer greater utility when they're clustered. Um, but the, the interesting part is like the one way to, to take a look at whether these shoulder tests are valid or have high validity in terms of identifying these structures is what they want to do is they want to compare it to the gold standard. So that's usually a good way to look at it, um, which we know like the gold standard was set to be MRIs. Um, and again, what we know about that now is there's tons of images that show that there's shoulder discomfort or sorry, shoulder damage, such as like a rotator cuff tear with asymptomatic um, and asymptomatic people. So it kind of brings into question, like, you know, are these special tests that we're using to diagnose these damaged structures valid in doing so is basically what the, the viewpoint paper was kind of discussing on. And so I'm going to pass it over to Will to kind of touch on a little bit of the results um, of the viewpoint. And then we'll probably dive into just having a conversation about like the clinical implications and kind of some of our thoughts on, on it. Yeah. I think the uh, biggest thing in the results was just the idea that it takes a long time to sort of evolve as, as a group of clinicians, you know? Um, and this just because, of the, the fact that, you know, this information is typically taught by older clinicians at school. And then it's kind of tested in a way where you're sort of reducing uh, a patient's clinical presentation down to a structural diagnosis when maybe what we should be doing in reality is learning how to uh, essentially steer clients away from a structural diagnosis uh, and more into potentially uh, how they can sort of take steps to improve their situation um, and steering away from structural diagnosis. So that's kind of the, the general gist of the results. I don't know if I missed anything. Yeah, no, I think, I think so. And um like like they mentioned like it takes time for these things to change within like the schooling and, and whatnot is like a big thing and we know that right like translating research into practice hence physio network i think one of their goals is to actually help with that right um so yeah that's definitely one of the things they touched on i think another thing that's important to mention was um a little bit of like of teddy's words here in the review was um the simplicity of definitive diagnosis can be alluring for people but because it reduces uncertainty during like the clinical exam and it may actually help patients feel like relieved in the short term because they're getting like this answer to all their problems. Like why is my shoulder having this pain, you know, um, where this could actually backfire at times where some patients may continue, continue to associate that pain with that structural diagnosis and not understand that they can actually improve their pain experience without um, the structural pathology changing, you know, 
Um, so I think, I think, again, that's another important thing um, to think about overall when it comes to, to treating these issues. And I think the old, I guess that the older way of how we used to use special tests may not be um, the way that we should be using them now, like the purpose behind them. And I think we've talked about, you know, this before on, on posts, right. Whereas, you know, maybe you're not necessarily looking to use a special test to give you a definitive answer on whether or not the structure is damaged, but you're looking into how is this person responding to, to this test? You know, how's their, how's their willingness to do it? How is their pain levels? Like what positions are they provocative in? You know, like what information is it giving you in terms of their movement and in their and their psychological views around it, as opposed to like, Oh, this is, this means that this structure is torn, you know? Yeah. That was uh, one of the limitations of the paper was just that it would have been nice if they had gone into more about how we can use them mm-hmm. because like, we already kind of knew that the special tests weren't, that great at telling us what they're supposed to tell us, which is what die like what structure is at fault essentially and causing the person's pain, which we know already really isn't the case. And it's flawed right from the get go when you have a gold standard that doesn't really tell you how the um, client is feeling. So it just would have been nice if the paper itself discussed more about how you can utilize special tests mm-hmm. in a way that is up to date with the current evidence base. So maybe we could just talk a little bit about like our experiences with them. Uh, some of the things that we try to do. Yeah. I, before we do, before we do that, I think that's a great idea. I, I want to touch on like a couple of like the clinical implications that Teddy mentioned in the paper. And I think we were talking a little bit about this before we, we started recording and um, yeah. there are over 70 special tests for the shoulder. Like that's <laughs> an insane amount of, of, of special tests. And like, he goes on to talk about like the majority of them are focused on ass- assessing range of motion, both active and passive strength, movement, positional intolerances, Um, and, and they overlap with, with other, like, you know, significant exam procedures that we would do. It's like, how special are they actually, you know, when there's 70 different tests, right? Um, that's insane. Yeah. That's like, if you're thinking about trying to synthesize all that information, like imagine you're going through a examination with somebody who's got this whole complex history right and like you're trying to understand them as a person you're trying to understand like what problems they're having with their like uh daily life and uh you know their mindset around uh their injury and their pain and then you're trying to synthesize all that information and (laughs) select the appropriate out of 70 special tests to try to like tease down what's going on. Like that's, I don't think there's, that would be so hard to be accurate with. 
Yeah, and, and, and they mentioned like, you know, there's an argument that can be made to include like clusters of special tests to ex- assist clinicians, right, in determining the severity of discomfort as well as like what what hurts, what feels good, um, which makes sense. Like, I think clustering it down to a few um, that can provide you with information but then again it's asking like well what information is this providing actually providing me you know what i mean and and i think what happens in school is you're just they just have they just have to show you all these tests and they call them special tests they show them all to you because you need to be able to perform these special tests on the exam to pass the exam which is completely out of context of everything which which is what makes it so challenging i think um instead of actually teaching us like what to do with these tests. Right. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's the bigger, the bigger problem with it all. Um, when essentially, you know, like special tests are, go ahead. Are you going to say something? I was going to say, I feel like what it does, what it does do too, is it kind of takes away the exploratory nature of just evaluating someone, you know, like, Something I I think I don't know if I, I who I learned this from, but just doing simple things like you know you're checking flexion of somebody uh, and abduction, just check how they feel differently at different angles with like their thumb up versus down, you know, versus like kind of neutral, uh, and you're just kind of exploring to see like what is the nature of this person's discomfort, you know, and how, how can it be changed? And when you're just trying to memorize like specific tests and clustering them, like, I think that's okay. Like if you learn, you know, maybe certain tests and stuff over time that can help give you like a good, picture about that person's presentation but I don't think you should be so uh glued on to that there's other things that you can kind of just explore uh I don't think we need to be so like narrow in how we do that yeah and that kind of comes back to this idea of like the art and the science of, of it right like when you come out of school you're basically you know you have all these tests in your in your knowledge bank but you don't have the the context or or how do you apply them so that they're they're relevant and i think that's what would be more important for for us to explore in physio school right so that when you come out you can then you know be doing those things rather than panicking when someone comes in with some shoulder pain and you do these special tests and they're all they're all they all hurt and you're like well guess i'm referring them to a surgeon you know and i think that's kind of a big thing of what they're trying to get across here is that, you know, after studying special tests, you know, it shouldn't necessarily be used to give a definitive structural diagnosis or, or even inform surgical or more invasive plans of care, right? Like it's, it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be number one. It's like, okay, we have this information. We already know that like, there's so many people out there with shoulder injuries that have tears that are asymptomatic. Like, and we know that we can manage these conservatively way better. Like let's do that. You know? And I think as, as physiotherapists, like learning this information and understanding that is important because 
then we can save someone from having to go through or down that surgical rabbit hole, even if they go and they don't end up even getting surgery. Like just the fact that you're like, well, like sending them off for that when maybe, you know, conservatively it could be managed. Like that saves a lot of time. It saves a lot of healthcare money. It saves a lot of um, instilling fear in that person. And I think it's a lot like really important to be, confident within that you know because the other aspect of that is unnecessary imaging Mm -hmm. and just like having them go down that rabbit hole of searching for something that might not actually tell them that much when what's really important is for us to provide that reassurance so that they can commit to a process and actually see you know is there can their symptoms improve, you know, if they commit to a plan and that type of thing. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Let, let's, um, let me dive into like, in, in your experience, like how have you implemented special tests and what are you maybe taking away from some of those tests that you do? Uh, learn to a lot of this stuff from like uh, Greg Lehman where you're, you're going through like the ritual of an assessment because it shows someone that you're really diving deep into their issue and you're validating their concerns, but you can also point out good things. And I think that's something that's been huge is just, when you notice something that actually is good, then you can use that to provide optimism uh, for that person. And that might look something like, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, Hey, you know, it hurt when you, and, and you didn't have much range of motion when you tried to lift your arm. But when we did it body on arm, you actually got a lot more, range of motion. So that tells me that you're likely to be able to improve, you know? So, I mean, that's not really a special test, but do the same with the special test. Uh, just framing it in a way that shows the person that they can actually improve their current situation and evolve from that. That's like one way. I've found really helpful is just to not always think about finding the negative things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would second that. I think trying to spin it in a positive scenario and reinforce. And I think another way just add on that, like that you can help people is like, there's a lot of times people have this expectation, like where we'll be like, okay, we're going to go through a couple different, like, you know, movement tests, or we're just going to do a couple different things here. And people have this expectation that, it's going to hurt. Like it's going to be painful. And then you do, you do one of these, these special tests and it's not as bad as they thought. Like you can, that's like kind of expectation violation. Right. And you can reinforce, reinforce those things. Like that's, that's how I would use a special test too on in conjunction with what you're saying. Right. Um, and then maybe from the stand, not the standpoint of like, positive like reinforcement which i think is a huge part of it like no doubt um 
what about with regards to the information that you're getting from doing like said test? Yeah, I think that's where you're just appreciating that those movements and positions are sensitive for a person. So you're looking for what are their sort of uh, provocative positions and movements, you know, so a different special test might show you a different area of like sensitivity. Yeah. And I think, I think what's important about, about that, um, you know, finding out what movements are more sensitive or even how willing people are to move, it gives you good information on what's going to inform like your, your plan, right. Whether, whether it be like a specific strength exercise, whether it be a range of motion exercise, whatever it's going to be, it gives you a lot of information into what you may have that person do. Right. So for example, if someone's, if someone's super, you know, worried or fearful of moving into like shoulder flexion in an open kinetic chain, like you're probably not going to have them do that. Right. But can we find another way to have them do that? That's going to be one less provocative to make them feel more safe. And, and I think that's when you could go to like something like you just mentioned before, where you're like your body on arm is moving. So, you know, whether it's on the, like on the table, whether it's on in a four point position, you know, in a child pose, like, like movement, like that's moving them into shoulder flexion and it may be less sensitive. So it just gives you, it gives you a lot more information how onto like what they're going to tolerate. It's same with load, right? Like sometimes I feel like if you're doing like, you know, a simple like resisted test, right. You know, and you're barely, you know, putting any pressure on, on their arm, you know, as they're moving through range or whatever, you know, that they're not really ready to tolerate a lot of load. So you're not going to go and load them up, you know, with, with like any external weight or even, you know, maybe even not isometrics. Cause you're doing like a, a light isometric in that situation. Like you may not even go near that. Whereas if someone can tolerate that, that load and it doesn't, like provide pain to them until a certain you know external load then you know hey maybe i can load this person a little bit more so i think it it just gives you a lot more information to tie into like how you're going to approach it rather than being like oh there's pain with this this must mean that their supraspinatus is torn you know and i think another thing is like pain as we know is so multifactorial that there's times I know you've had this and I've had it where people come in. It doesn't matter what you do, what, what movement, what special test, no matter what you do, it's, it's sensitive. And that's, you're just like, okay, you know, you, you're not going to be like, Oh, let's refer this person. Cause they definitely have a, a torn rotator cuff. It's like, they're probably at their worst right now. Let's just get them moving and comfort them in some way. And then let's further assess them, you know, on the next couple of sessions to see, you know, how they tolerate. And most oftentimes people's sensitivity levels come down. You can do a little bit more. You can get more information from those, those special tests and quotation marks. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good like summary and just gives some insight and like some of the stuff that we've learned. And I'm sure there's other ways that you could kind of, utilize them and and maybe more specifically like with specific uh clusters tests and that um but i think it's okay to just kind of take that 
exploratory approach and know that like if you don't know every special test in the book that's okay just focus on uh, on those things you know like the, and how it's going to actually translate into your education and your um, exercise selection and that type of thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good, man. We, um, we can wrap that up. Uh, we'll wrap up here. I just wanted to highlight a couple other like cool, cool ones that were in this month's um, review. Like, this was June's research reviews. Like there was that one by Teddy. Um, another one that I thought was really interesting was um, which specific modes of exercise training are most effective for treating low back pain. Um, that was an interesting one to take a look at. There's another one with regards to um, hamstring strength um, in sprinters. Um, that was an interesting one. Eccentric hamstring strength in elite track and field athletes on the British athletics world-class performance program. Um, and it went into looking at like, is hamstring strength like really um, like a key factor into um, injuries in hamstring, uh, I'm sorry, in track and field. So that was an interesting one. There's, there's a couple other ones in there. I think this month's review was, was really good. Not that, not that the other ones aren't, but there was a couple where I was like, wow, this is new information for me. So um, that was great. But we'll wrap up there, guys. Um, if you want to follow us, you can head over to Instagram at the MVMTPTs. Follow us on iTunes um, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the PT Coffeecast. Drop us a review. Share um, an episode if you've taken any value away from it. We would really do appreciate it. And then lastly, guys, Physio Network. Um, if you guys are interested in trying it out for seven days for free, check the link in the show notes as well as our bio on Instagram and any feedback with the physio network, send it to us um, and we can pass it along to them. They really do value feedback. They want to continue to make their service the best possible. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. Love you. Peace.